1: .com to start winning. What's going on Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. So, we talked a little bit here guys about the Ballard Presser. He had some availability at the combine today. And we just figured we would make a quick video on some of the stuff that he was asked about, some of the answers that he gave. And, I mean, let's just I'll, – I'll just start with this, Cody. The first seven questions of that entire presser were all about Carson Wentz. Kind of figured that would happen because, you know – Two or three people asking isn't enough, right? When it comes to the Colts media, every single person has to ask a Carson Wentz question or else they feel left out. So there's a ton of information that he talked about, but it really kind of came down to the same few uh, concepts of what he was talking about, which is stated he cannot give a direct answer right now to anyone about what Carson Wentz And his future is what the Indianapolis Colts is right now. He said that they are weighing their options. They're going to figure it out within the next 10 plus days. Because remember, he needs to be released or traded by March 18th in order to be able to save that money that they're looking to keep. Uh, And said he cannot give a definitive answer right now. So, Cody, I'll get your initial reaction to that comment. And then I'll tell everyone what I'm thinking that means.
2: Look, everybody. It's so funny to watch Twitter. It's like you have one person who says this means Wentz is gone. Well, another person said this means we're stuck with Wentz for another year. It's like literally nobody knows. People are just guessing, <laughs> right. throwing darts at a dartboard at this point. I don't think I'm not trying to interpret that because I think it's kind of impossible to interpret it. But I think the good thing is the Colts know that they have to figure out their franchise quarterback long term. Like, and I think that should be a really good thing that there are. In Ballard did say there are discussions, you know, not everybody has agreed. Um, You know, I said, I don't know if there's a disagreement, but it's something we sit down and discuss, which means different people have different viewpoints about Carson Wentz. So, I mean, the fact, I think that, you know, if you wanted to interpret it, like you could pull it both ways. Like, you know, the fact that the Colts have not committed to Carson Wentz as their starter long-term should tell you something right about how they feel about Carson Wentz. They, they said things like he, you know, I thought he took some very good strides from 2020, but, Still, is that franchise quarterback worthy? Right. We don't know, but I think one thing, Derek, that I'll just say is: the next ten days are going to be super interesting in in terms of the future of Carson Wentz as the Colts' quarterback.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean that that question is going to be the main talking point for Indianapolis leading up to the free agency uh, moment there uh, when that new season starts. I'll just say this, uh, along with stating that he cannot give a definitive answer to Colts Nation or anyone about what he thinks is the future for Carson Wentz. He said, we're going to think what's best for the organization in the short term and in the long term as well. Now, he also stated a few times afterwards that he believes that Carson Wentz will still be a good quarterback in this league going forward. And he believes that from all the speed bumps he had to deal with this season, he feels that he's going to learn from this experience and that he thinks that it's going to get better for him. Now, of course, that could just be the old Chris Ballard, you know, hyping up his guys, right, to try and make it seem like, you know, he's going to get there because he did the same thing with Jacoby Brissett. We all knew Jacoby Brissett was not the man, the franchise guy moving forward. But, of course, he always said he goes by the book. He's a great guy. He's an amazing teammate. Talking his guy up to allow somebody else to think, if my GM is saying this about me, then somebody else is going to feel the same way. So what I gathered from all of that information was saying that it's clear that the Colts are looking at other options. It's clear at this point, because if you worked, you would have committed to Carson Wentz and we wouldn't be having this discussion. It is clear they're looking. But at the same time, I believe that if they do not find the specific guy that in question that they're thinking they can get, then they will not hesitate to keep Carson Wentz around for a little while because one of those three wants to keep Carson Wentz around. And I'm putting my money on it that it's Frank Reich. I'm betting I'm putting my money on it. But uh, again, we've heard her say over the last, last few days talking about Russell Wilson, right? We've heard the long shot of Aaron Rodgers, right? And if by some weird reason, the Colts seem to think there's a quarterback in the draft class that they think can mold into the new quarterback of the future for them. Then they might want to talk that route. But at the moment, it's clear they're shopping him, but at the same time, they will commit to Carson if things do not go according to plan the way they want to. And I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been Kiefer that mentioned that or, or it was somebody, it might've been Joel. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'll have to look that up, but somebody stated that Baller, when they were asking for the trade market, what kind of trade market they were looking to try and go after, they were looking for a quarterback that went down similar to how the Matt Stafford trade went down, you know, how many multiple first round picks and things of that nature. So it gives you an understanding of, the kind of quarterback they're looking to upgrade with. And there's only a couple of guys out there that we can mention that fit that description. So it'll be very interesting uh, to see what they go with there. But I'll also mention, and I'll go to you on this, that Ballard repeatedly uh, talked about this team having issues, not just Carson Wentz. You know, he went to this approach because again, like I mentioned, Every single question started with Carson Wentz. So they were trying to get Ballard to say something negative. Well, he did say something negative. He said something negative about the whole team. Said that Baltimore game in overtime, I felt like we should have closed that out. And we did it. Uh, The times against Tennessee, multiple times in those games that I felt we could have went for it. But we just didn't. uh, We shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, fumbling the ball twice against the Rams at the goal line, right? So he was mentioning several times that this is not just a Carson problem. Said that there were teams in the past that 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 team would have finished out games. Like in 2018, when we had to finish out the game uh, against Tennessee to get into the playoffs with Andrew Luck. We did that. Uh, 2020, when we had to win against Jacksonville to make it into the playoffs, Jonathan Taylor goes off. We did that. This team did not do that. So what is it exactly that is causing the whole spectrum to fail overall, as in what in the past it wasn't that way? So, you know, what What do you say to that, that remark?
2: I mean, I think it's accurate. Like, what the heck happened to this team? What the heck happened to Kenny Moore? You know, in the last couple of games, completely getting turning into burnt toast. You know what happened to you know the offensive line? What happened to Jonathan Taylor? You know what happened to the team? The team just failed. You know, obviously Carson was a part of that, and I think he deserves his fair share of oh, criticism yeah. in that. But I I definitely agree. Carson Wentz did not lose you that game in Baltimore. I know, I know a lot of people like to, for some reason blame Carson Wentz for that or just ignore it
1: or just ignore it altogether.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So like, obviously Carson ended the season on a terrible note. Like we all agree with that, but also the team failed, you know, it's a team sport guys. Like this is the the most team sport in all of sports. I think, because you have the most players on the field at a time, right? You have 11 players on the field at one time and you have all these different units, you have three separate units. You have offense, defense, and special teams that all have to work together You know to to win a football game. And you can't have your kicker missing chip shot field goals. You yes. can't have these things, Derek. If you want to be a successful football team, you can't have one unit come out and crap the bed every week. Exactly. Right? And, and the crazy thing was, it seems like every week it was a different unit. Yeah. So that is honestly on the team. That is completely on the team. Now Carson certainly shares the blame in that, right? He talked about Ballard said he actually met with Carson Wentz today. Yeah. He said he visited for about an hour. He said it was really good. He said I think he's learning how to handle the criticism. Um and yeah. you know he he commented, right? He said notably so, um he said I get criticism. He says, is it fair? I said, He said, I think I'll take it. And obviously, Carson gets criticism, and a lot of that is fair. He needs to take it and learn how to move on with it. Yes. Um, and so he says, I think he's going to grow from this. Now, obviously, the, that raises the question then, is he going to grow from this on the Colts or not on the Colts? Right. I mean, we don't know. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly, I think that that is a very accurate statement that Ballard said. If you close out even one of those games, you don't have to go win in Jacksonville to right. be in the playoffs. You don't obviously you would want to win that game and you should have won that game. But you know what I mean? If you wouldn't have crapped the bed in Baltimore, you were up by 20 plus points, right? If you didn't do that and you didn't crap the bed and your defense could actually get a stop. And your field goal kicker could actually kick a field goal. We're talking about a whole different conversation here, right? And, you know, so many different things, so many different factors, so many players failing to step up when it matters. And that's an issue. That's a team issue. That's not
1: just a Carson Wentz issue. So from that standpoint, I a hundred percent agree. Oh, absolutely. And then we talked a little bit about the playmakers of this team, right? He went as far as to say there were three of them. Uh, he mentioned Jonathan Taylor, who he said he was very elite. Uh, Michael Pittman, who thought it was very good. And Hines, which we're going to get to here in a minute. He mentioned Heinz being in there as well. Um, and then there was a comment, I don't know if it was in this presser specifically, but I remember somebody mentioned that uh, the receiver position, and we're going to talk about that one as well here in a second, he mentioned the receiver position will get more competition in it throughout this offseason, said that there were they're looking to, you always want to get as many got playmakers as possible right and he mentioned specifically with the receiver group said that he will look to add more competition to that room now yeah, if he you compare, said more weapons
3: yeah more, more weapons. weapons
1: now we remind you a couple weeks ago he went on Kevin Bowen's show and mentioned several times and he even called out Kevin Bowen said every time I'm talking about him or hearing him talk it almost always is about receivers at this point but because Ballard mentioned on his show that he didn't think that the receiver position or the tight end position really needed a major upgrade. So it's a little bit different of a way of him talking just as compared to just two weeks ago when he said there wasn't going to need to be any real ch- big changes needed to a point where he's saying now there's probably going to be some more competition added to this group going forward. So what do you think of him making that
2: uh, proposal? Hopefully, Ed Dodds went to him after that, and we're like, Chris, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hopefully, he did that and he slapped some sense into him because, I mean, we got—I was ticked at Chris Ballard for saying that because, yes. like, that is a stupid comment to make, I, I, in my opinion, because, like, you had no receiver outside of Pittman to go over three hundred yards. Like, it was that bad. <laughs> it was last that year bad. On yeah. So, like, you can't tell me it's fine because it's not fine, and that's that's kind of honestly insulting to the fans to say that. So. Um, I'm glad that he kind of added that in there because it makes me think now the Colts will be in on maybe some of these free agent wide receivers and potentially the draft as well. You know, yeah. I know we just released a mock draft here actually earlier today and we took sky Moore, um, who is a Mac wide receiver. Uh, one of the best receivers, I think in this draft class to the Colts. And I think he has a comp to Deontay Johnson, which would be really good for the Colts. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think you you simply cannot fail. You you cannot just fail to address these skilled positions. Wide receiver. I'm not talking about running back. You you got two good guys in running back. We yeah. agree on that. We agree when Ballard said that. Yeah, he talked about Hines he needs to be used more. Jonathan Taylor's elite. We agree with that. Pittman's a good receiver. But outside of that, you don't really have anybody that scares anybody. You need more weapons for your quarterback. I 100% agree with that because, I mean, like, You look at all these teams, and I won't get back into it too much, Derek, but we talked about it. You know, like these teams that were vying for a Super Bowl, these teams that were in playoff contention, they had two, three guys that they could legitimately throw the ball to and were quote unquote weapons, right, in the receiving game. And the Colts just simply did not have that this last season, um, especially outside of Pittman in terms of the receiving game, or at least guys that they use. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with that 100%. Hopefully, now that means that, and, and for me, that made me feel a little bit better. Like Ballard's not just sticking his head in the sand, hopefully. And uh, just saying, Nope, we don't need to upgrade. Hopefully he's, you know, cause he even talked about how, like, you know, for some of that, going back to the criticism real fast, like talking about, you know, if there's something that we're not doing, like we need to be able to adapt to that. And hopefully that's something that Ballard and, you know, his scouts and everybody are kind of learning from this last off season and the lack of production at wide receivers. So, yeah, I mean, I, I personally was good with the comment, what he said about that, because I do agree. I think you need to add some weapons. We talked about it, Derek. We need to add probably not just one, but maybe two or three weapons in the receiving
1: game. Oh yeah. And then, you know, he mentioned one of the weapons that were criminally underused last year. And that was Naheem Hines. He went as far as to say that he emphasized that Hines needs to be more involved in the offense that we didn't use a lot last year. And I, I, I heard that comment, and it reminded me of the office givers, like, thank you! Like, I was saying that all season. Naheem Hines is touching the ball one or two times a game at this point, and the few times that he does touch the ball more than four or five times a game, he seems to do something with it. And I don't know what happened, But from 2020, who was the best receiving back in the entire NFL, it was better than Austin Eckler, it was better than James White, who were widely considered some of the best uh, overall running backs when it comes to passing or catching out of the backfield. Hines was better than all of them. And yet, for some reason, we just seem to ignore that. I know that Jonathan Taylor took over the helm at running. I don't mind that. Jonathan Taylor being the primary guy at running back, I don't mind that. But Hines needs to be more involved in the offensive game plan. That's one weapon that you have that for some reason we just did not use. I don't know if it was Carson Wentz. I don't know if it was Marcus Brady not doing a great job of getting Hines involved. I don't know if that's a a Frank Reich decision. I don't know if that's a combination of all three. That's probably what it is. But They have to game plan better to get Hines the ball a few more times a game. I'm not even talking five, six more times a target in the game. I'm not saying that, but an extra two, three, four targets a game would go a long way to to having Hines be able to open some things up for you. He's a guy that can be in the wide receiver position. He's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run the football from time to time. You know, he, he. this is just something I know a lot of people say, oh, he wasn't criminally underused. Yes, he was. There, that offense was struggling a lot of times, and they refused to go to Naheem Hines for some odd reason. So I really hope that they continue to work Hines into this game plan because the, the drop-off from 2020 to 2021 was, was massive.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Totally agree. And they also talked about a few other guys that we can mention here um, in terms of weapons, you know, wide receivers and such. He talked about um, T.Y. Hilton. Um, He said he had a good talk with T.Y. at the end of the season. Um, He said they met a couple weeks ago. He said he wanted to play as of a couple weeks ago. Now he said we'll talk, he says. And he also talked about how he felt like T.Y. could still play. Right. He said. Um, you know, that he felt like he's one of the smartest players he's ever been around. Um, you know, maybe he's not physically where he was a couple of years ago, but he's still an incredibly smart football player, which I definitely agree. And he thinks that Ty still has some in the tank if indeed, you know, he was to come back for another season, but you know, it's just, it's a, it's a very interesting thing when he talked about TY because, I honestly, Derek, and we talked about this when we looked at like the free agent. We talked about the tiers and stuff. Um, I honestly would not be opposed to bringing Ty back if it was for a small deal, knowing that he's probably not going to be your number, certainly not your number two, right? Maybe not even your number three, but just a veteran presence in that locker room. If you do go get, you know, if you draft a rookie wide receiver or whatever, you have him and Pittman, who's still very young. You keep Ty in there. You still have, you know, Paris Campbell, who we mentioned Paris Campbell as well. We can talk about that next. But yeah, I mean, I would not be opposed because we talked about it. Like obviously T.Y. stats majorly down. He was hurt for half the season, all those things. But I think I could see a scenario where the Colts bring him back very, very cheap, maybe like a vet minimum, you know, for a year. And they just give him like an opportunity to be like a wide receiver for a wide receiver three or something like within that, you know, and they just give him an opportunity to just mentor these guys, you know, mentor these young wide receivers that hopefully the Colts are going to bring in. And then, you know, Maybe T.Y. gets one more year because he was getting open. It's not like he was not getting open. He was getting open. Wentz was just missing him a lot of times. So, I mean, if you get a better quarterback in here potentially um, or whatever or Wentz improves, I don't know, whatever, one of the two, um, and you bring back T.Y., I could realistically see that being an option um, for the Colts. So I just thought that was an interesting comment that T.Y. potentially wants to play again because I honestly thought he was going to hang it up.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we, he mentioned it several times throughout the year. I am quite surprised that uh, just a few weeks ago was saying that he did want to come back. I am quite surprised by that. And like you said, when it came to uh, Hilton, you know, if if we're getting him for a vet minimum, I certainly don't mind bringing him back if that's okay with what Hilton wants. I don't think he's going to get anything higher because you Know the, the injuries thing is what's what gets people, you know. I mean, yeah. the, the, in 2019, 2018, we kind of said, Oh, you know, he gets hurt, but you know, he still plays nonetheless. But you know, the last few years just been it's just been rough on him, rough on his body, and you know, he still finds ways to get hurt, which sucks. And you know, for the next few guys that they mentioned, uh, Zach Pascal, uh, I thought the way that Ballard talked about Pascal was kind of weird. Uh, And I know I'm not alone in this, in the way that people listen to it. Uh, It sounded like Ballard was talking in past tense when it came to Pascal. You know, was a great receiver for us. Uh, I remember when we picked him up as an undrafted free agent, right? Uh, You know, when he was coming off of Tennessee. Uh, I, I just think that the way he talked about him just kind of made me think there's not really a lot of optimism to want to try to bring him back in that sense. Am I wrong for saying that?
2: No, I I just was looking at his comments. Yeah, he he never said he is a great player for us. He said he was a really good player for us. Now maybe we are. Maybe that is reading into it a little bit. I don't know. You know, there's some stuff that people read into maybe maybe way too much. But it, it is interesting that he's he yeah everything he said was past tense. He's like he played his role really well. You know, he did this, he did that. He's not like you know, but like also I could see where he just you know. That's just kind of how he spoke, and he didn't really mean anything by yeah, it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he didn't touch on Pascal a whole lot. You know, I thought honestly, I thought he might talk a lot more about Pascal and say he's such a good player, he's, he stands for everything we're for. Like he said those things before about
1: Pascal. Didn't really say that this
2: time, which was interesting.
1: Yeah, and I and like you said, it could have just been he just it just slipped his mind, and he wasn't thinking that way. But I mean, it's still something to think about. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And then you talked about Paris Campbell earlier and everyone was saying, uh, he, Ballard mentioned, I'm not giving up on Paris Campbell, just not doing it. Um, Mentioned that, you know, the, the injury bug for him has been extremely unlucky uh, to start out his young career. But he mentions that you know the big plays that he gets for you is just something that just can't be understated when he does play he is a a threat to be reckoned with every time he steps on the field stated that do they expect him to be their number 2 or 3 guy going forward no they don't expect that yet because he hasn't shown he's been able to do that consistently yet so it's nice that Ballard is understanding where Paris Campbell is at it's basically at I want to give him another shot. Paris Campbell's contract year is coming up. Uh, We're going to see if he stays healthy enough and then starts playing the way that we have seen him in 2021 where he had a couple really big plays, then we could see him get an extension. But if he has more of what we've been seeing, then I fully expect Ballard to cut his losses and say, I tried, we just don't think we can. It's probably just going to be another Malik Hooker issue.
2: Which is interesting. Um, yeah, that just would suck, though. But I'm glad he's given Paris Campbell one more shot. You know, like, because the talent is always there. We've said this for years, but, like, I'm glad he's not relying on... Like, last year, I felt like he was relying on Paris to stay healthy, and he just didn't. And then you're kind of screwed at wide receiver, you know, with both him and T.Y. going down. So I think the, the same is true here with with him as it is with T.Y. You know, I would... If you, if you bring it If you have him on your roster, which I think they will, um, and if you bring back T.Y., you got to know these guys probably aren't going to even be your top two, maybe not even your top three. Um, But, you know, these guys have some upside potentially. So I would not be opposed to that, knowing that you're probably still going to have to upgrade, get some fresh blood in here at wide receiver alongside Michael Pittman. And, hey, you know, on the off chance that T.Y. stays healthy, on the off chance that Paris Campbell stays healthy, I mean, I think then if
1: they're your number three or number four, you're sitting pretty good. Oh, yeah, Totally. Uh, I totally agree with you. And the only thing they really mentioned when it came to the defense in this whole presser uh, was the pass rush. And when he was talking about Carson and some of the games that we let slip, he mentioned the pass rush being an issue, uh, just not getting to the quarterback very often. Uh, and I don't think it's a coincidence, Cody, that that's the only position group that he dared to mention in this entire presser. Was that? That's yep. the only only position on the defense that said needs to. We needed to do do better, and we just didn't do it.
2: I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, the the, the pass rush drives everything, right? Like, and I love that. I love that he continues to acknowledge. And maybe, just maybe, he goes out and he gets a big name free agent. Just maybe, Jones. I'm not holding my breath. But he knows it's still an issue, you know, which I think is good. It's a positive step in the right direction. He knows
1: it's not where they need it to be, so that's good. And then I guess the last thing we talk about here, um, unless you have something else after this, you know, they did he was expecting to get some uh, questions about the new hires, but yeah. really didn't get anything other than asking about Gus Bradley a little bit. And uh, they mentioned that he mentioned Gus Bradley's system. The best way I can describe it as in comparison to Mattie is this is how I decipher his words. It's like, It's like buying the same shoe brand, but you're getting a different kind of shoe, right? So you're getting the different. You're getting the same brand. You're getting the same kind of. You're getting Asics, right? You had an Asics running shoe. You loved that shoe, but eventually you just found a few flaws in its game. You went and got another Asic because you like the brand. You like the style of that defense but you wanted to change a few things up instead of a low cut shoe. You wanted to get a high cut shoe, right? Cause you felt it would be better for support on your ankles, right? That's kind of how I view this where they like the zone scheme of it, but they're just changing some things on, to make the defense run more efficiently. But he mentioned the same thing. Gus Bradley is the same way as Matt Reflues preaching effort and preaching speed and preaching that effectiveness and how they want to do things. So, You know, I just don't think there's a whole lot more to it than that. But maybe that kind of gives a few people a better understanding of what Gus Bradley's about when it comes to Chris Ballard.
2: Yeah, it seems like the philosophy will stay the same, right? Run to the ball, no loafing, take the ball away. You know, and I think that the added thing is with Gus Bradley, get more pressure up front. You know, with your four. That's the big thing I think that the Colts really struggled to do with Brian Baker and Matt Eberfluss and company is consistent pressure. We talked about it forever. They brought in a ton of guys to try to fix that with minimal success, you know, mediocre success, I would say. Um, but now with Gus Bradley, you know, last year with Vegas, for example, he was able to develop that pass rush and improve it from even just one year. So I think the idea is Gus Bradley bringing in. You know, him, his system and stuff, which has always been pretty good at getting pressure at the quarterback. You have some young, multiple guys in Quiddy Pay, Dayo Adangbo. You got Taekwon Lewis, who you're probably going to bring back. You know, Kamoko Ture, potentially. And maybe you go sign a guy, or you draft another guy in the mid-rounds. I mean, you're going to give him more of an arsenal on that defensive line. But the thing that was interesting is that when he's talking about the defensive line, he said, we have work to do up front, which I think was very interesting. Because, like, in the end of the year, Presser, he kind of just said – you know we're gonna maybe add a, a, some competition, but now he's saying we got work to do up front, which is interesting to me. That's a different kind of language than what he was speaking a couple months ago. So um, I just think that that was a very interesting thing. Um, I wanted to talk about um, a few of the offensive line free agents in house. You know, he talked about uh, Mark Glowinski, Chris Reed. He said they both had really good years for us. Um, he saw he talked about the trade for Matt Pryor. He thought that was a really good trade. Um, he talked about Eric Fisher which I thought was interesting with the Achilles, right? He said he said he thought he had a 7 game stretch where he was really good. Um you know he had a pecking knee injury at the end of the year. He had to fight through it. He said that affected him some. Um so we'll see who we can get back. He said they like Will Fries. He said Dan- this is an interesting one cuz I know we've talked about Ryan Kelly uh, potentially being traded. He said I think Danny Pinter uh, we really like a lot. I think he has a really bright future in this league. Um and he said, you know, Um, We need to figure out uh, who we can get on that line to go around uh, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, and Ryan Kelly. So those are some of his comments on, you know, the free agent offensive lineman and just the offensive line in general. What are your thoughts on his comments there?
1: Well, I definitely know he mentioned uh, the possibility of trading big Q, right? I think his stance on that has remained the same. Like that's not happening. Uh, unless they unless they get an offer they just cannot refuse they're they're not giving away quentin nelson so anyone that keeps asking it's not going to happen and again i know people are throwing out oh you know it it will if you want it if if it meant your franchise quarterback would you should do it like there is not a single quarterback in the NFL right now that the Colts could trade for that has Quentin Nelson involved in that trade. Nobody is doing that. There's only a few guys in the league that you would trade for to be a quarterback for your team for the immediate future, but there's not a franchise guy out there that you could get for any, any team that the Colts could get Quentin Nelson as an important piece for. It's just not happening. So I don't want to hear any more comments about it. It's done. Now, back to the, the other points. Again, we have mentioned, I've mentioned it several times, that I felt that Ryan Kelly would be one of the easiest pieces to move on this offensive line because you felt extremely confident in Danny Pinter's ability. But I know how much uh, Ballard loves Ryan Kelly and what he stands for. You know, I mean, with uh, you just signed Braden Smith, so I don't know if that's really going to be something – that they would look to try to move on from. And not many people are looking for a right tackle at the moment, uh, unless it's a free agent. And you're right, with Glow and Chris Reed, you would like to keep them both because they both are fantastic at what they do, and they're and that would be great depth. Uh, it'll be interesting. That will be one of the few places – on this on this team in general that I think the that Balor might involve a trade around. You know, they mentioned with the quarterback trading, they said they didn't want to give up a key piece to involve that, but they said that door is not closed. So would one of the offensive linemen be one of those pieces? I mean, it might be.
2: Yep. And Chris Ballard even said, I wouldn't say anybody on this team is untouchable. He definitely said that. He said, we have uh, we have players we think a lot of that we think are big parts of our future, um, but I don't think anybody's untouchable. We'll do whatever we think is best to win both in the short term and both in the long term. So I thought that was a very interesting comment. And even talking about like, you know, people were asking about when they traded the first and third for Wentz, you know, he said, you know, You know, don't let it be a factor. Whenever you want to go get your guy, I think honestly, he maybe was even talking more about this year. You know, if that if those rumors are true, the culture in the market for a bigger name quarterback, um, I think he's kind of just like, look, I don't care if we don't have a first round pick, we can make it happen. Oh yeah, we can make it happen, and we will make it happen if we feel like this player. Whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's another quarterback, if we feel like this quarterback going to put us over the top and help us win, help us get to the playoffs, help us make a run in a championship, we will make all the moves. You know, Chris Boward's been a guy that's been very stingy about his draft capital at times, but this was a very interesting comment to me that he said, We will do whatever it takes to win and to be the, the best for the Indianapolis Colts, both short term and long term. And I love that. I love to hear that.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. That is what we gathered from the Chris Ballard press availability at the Combine. Let us know your thoughts on what he stated, if there's anything that we missed. But we're curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Thank you guys again so much. Hope you all enjoyed. And as always, go Colts.